Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So we have some very special friends in town with us this morning. Jamie and Jacob Banks, along with their children, Jordan and Gentry. They're joining us here from First Baptist Watauga this morning. So several years back, uh, when we were up at First Baptist Watauga, we noticed Jamie and Jacob uh, visiting church on a Sunday morning. And so after church, Sarah and I went over to them and asked them if they'd like to go out to lunch with us. And and I can't remember exactly where we went. It was TJI Fridays or, or Chili's or something like that. But, but at lunch, I prayed over the meal. And, and I'll be honest, I was somewhat joking around in my prayer. Right? I was being playful. And, and so, so I, I, I asked the Lord to, to allow for them to, to become really good friends because we just were in need of, of some good friends at the time. And, and so the Lord really took that prayer seriously because they became some of our very best friends. So when we began talking about God moving us to Stockdale, there was never really a question of if they were going to come visit us. It was really a question of when they were going to come visit us. And and so several weeks back, we we decided that this was the weekend that that they were going to come visit us because this past Monday was Sarah's birthday and my birthday is tomorrow. And so they came into town to celebrate our our birthdays with us. And, And so... This, this last Monday, Jacob sent a message to us and said, let the countdown begin. <laughs> to which I responded, was I not supposed to have already started counting down? <laughs> so last week, we, we launched into a, a new series titled The Coming. And, and we, we launched into this series at the start of the Advent Season And that word Advent can literally be translated as the arrival or, or as the coming. And, and, and in a way, Advent is a countdown for us. As soon as Thanksgiving ends, the countdown begins. And so this time between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas is a time for us to pause and to intentionally prepare our hearts for, for the celebration of the coming of Christ into this world more than 2,000 years ago. But, but prior to Christ's death, those that had studied the law, those that knew the prophecies, those that knew that, that there was a Messiah coming, for them, the countdown wasn't simply a short period of time leading up to Christ's birth. For, for them, the countdown was already going because there was never really a question of, if the Messiah was going to come into this world. It was really only a question of when the Messiah was going to come into this world. And so the countdown had already begun for them as they patiently awaited the arrival of of this this Messiah that would come to save them. So with that in mind, let, let me give you this reminder that I gave last week. We don't have to wait to know the Messiah. We don't have to wait to know our Messiah. Rather, because... Christ has already come, and because he both died and rose again, we can know our Messiah personally today. You don't have to wait to know the Messiah. Because Christ has already come, and because he both died 
and rose again, you can know the Messiah personally today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 39 through 56 today. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. And as you're turning there, I'm just going to set this up for you. If you remember last week, in the passage that we looked at just prior to this passage, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to Mary to make an announcement to her. So you're likely familiar with NBC's longtime logo. It's, it's a peacock with six different wings, each, each wing with a, a different color. So back in 1954, NBC, they were already broadcasting their television shows in black and white, but, but they began broadcasting their TV shows in color. And so they wanted to develop a logo for themselves that would, that would make a striking announcement to the public that they could now broadcast in color. And here we are some 67 years later, and, and they're still using that same logo. We are still being reminded of this striking announcement that they made. So when Gabriel appeared to Mary, he made a striking announcement to her. She was going to become pregnant with a child, and she was going to give birth to this child. But this wasn't just going to be any child. She was going to become pregnant with Jesus. She was going to become pregnant with and give birth to this long-awaited Messiah. And here we are not just 67 years later. Here we are some 2,000 plus years later, and we're still talking about this striking announcement that Gabriel made to Mary all those years ago. So in our passage this morning, we're going to see the immediate events following this announcement. So let's read Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. It says, In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. And Mary said, My soul praises the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he looked down with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and his name... Is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he spoke to our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her about three months, then she returned to her home. So as we look at this passage today, we're going to see three specific responses from the individuals present in this passage. But, but I want to begin by highlighting Mary's immediate reaction to this good news, to this announcement that, 
that Gabriel ha- had made to her. What, do, what does verse 39 say again? It says, In those days Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah. Now, where was Mary going in Judah? She was going to see her cousin, Elizabeth. And she was going to see her cousin Elizabeth, not just because she, she had found out that, that Elizabeth was also pregnant. That was one of the reasons. She, she wanted to go and see her cousin because Elizabeth was also pregnant with the child. But Mary was also going to see her cousin Elizabeth because she wanted to share this good news with, with her cousin that she had just received. Understand, good news compels us to share. Good news compels us to share. So when, when we were living up in Fort Worth several years ago, one Sunday evening, I pulled up to a gas pump to get gas, and, and I got my card out of my wallet to, to stick that in the gas pump to, to buy my gas, and, and as I was getting ready to stick the card in, an arm reached around the pump, and they stuck their card in, and they bought my gas for me. And, and now, there's, there's a, a much bigger God story to all of this that I'll likely share at another point in time. But following this interaction, following this person buying my gas for me, my immediate reaction was to share this with others. As soon as I left there, I called Sarah to tell her what had just happened, to, to let her know someone had just bought our gas for us. And then I got off the phone with Sarah, and I called my parents to let them know, hey, someone just bought my gas for me. You see, good news compels us to share. Mary had just received this good news from the angel, and she was compelled to get up, to go, and to share this with her cousin Elizabeth. And we're told that she hurried. You see, she didn't sit on it. She she didn't wait to share it. When she received the good news, she went immediately to share this good news with her cousin Elizabeth. And not only that, but, but Nazareth was some uh, 80 to 100 miles away from, from Judah where she was going. And so this journey was going to take her about 10 days. It was a 10-day journey that she would have to make to, to get to Elizabeth. So last week o- over Thanksgiving, our family, we drove from Stockdale up to Tulsa, Oklahoma. It, it was about a 10-hour journey for us. And I'll be honest, we were kind of moaning and groaning about this 10-hour journey that we were making. Mary didn't have just a 10-hour journey. Mary had a 10-day journey to make from Nazareth to Judah, but that, she didn't let that stop her from going and from sharing this good news that she had received with her cousin Elizabeth. So let me pause right here and say this. Today, would you allow yourself to be reminded of just how good the news is that you have in Jesus Christ? Would you allow yourself to be reminded of just how good this news is that you have in Jesus Christ? Mary had received the news that the Messiah was coming. We have the good news that the Messiah has already come. And and he didn't just come as a baby in the manger. He went to the cross to die for your sins and for mine. We have good news news. So allow yourself to be reminded of just how good this news is that we have in Jesus Christ. And and then let me encourage you to allow this good news to compel you to share it with others. So the good news of, of Jesus, it's not something for us to sit on. 
It's not something for us to wait to share. It's something that, that we are to share with great haste. And one individual that knew the importance of sharing the good news with great haste was a woman by the name of Lottie Moon. So Lottie Moon, she was born in 1840, and in 1873, at the age of 33 years old, she went on to the mission field in China to begin sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And she taught, she was a teacher over in China, but she also spent much of her time sharing the good news with others. And so she began, uh, she began asking believers in the states to, to begin supporting foreign missionaries Financially, She even asked the Foreign Mission Board to designate a week leading up to Christmas to collect an offering to, to share with those that are on the foreign mission field. And so the first Lottie Moon Christmas offering that was taken up in the year 1888 amounted to $3,315. Now that may not sound like a, a lot to us at this time, but that was enough to send three new missionaries onto the field in China to compete. To continue sharing the good news there. So allow yourself to be reminded of just how good this news is that we have in Jesus. And then allow this good news to compel you to share it with others. And one of the ways you might be compelled today is you might be compelled to share the good news by giving to the Lottie Moon. You might be compelled to give towards the Lottie Moon to support those that are, that are sharing the good news in other countries around the world. But let me also encourage you, think of one person. Just think of one person during this Advent season this year. When Mary received this good news, we're not told that she went to share it with the crowds. We're told she went and shared it with one person. She went to Elizabeth. So think of one person in your life right now. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a, a family member. Maybe it's a, a co-worker. Maybe it's a cousin like Elizabeth. Think of one person that you can share the good news of Jesus with this year during this Advent season and make that commitment that this year you're going to share Jesus with someone else. And, and, and let's, not, let's not sit on it. Let's not wait. Let's take a note from Mary and let's hurry to share the good news of Jesus with someone else. So we see Mary's immediate reaction here in verse 39, but then we see th three clear responses from the, the individuals that are in our, our passage. And so for the next few moments this morning, we're going to look at these three clear responses. First, we see that John leaped. John leaped. So when Mary arrived at Elizabeth's house, Mary greeted Elizabeth, and we're told in verse 41... When Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her. As Mary arrived to Elizabeth's house with this great news of Jesus Christ, and as she, as she greeted Elizabeth, the, the very first person that we're told that had some kind of response to this greeting was an unborn baby. Elizabeth was only six months into her pregnancy, and, and she was pregnant with who we would come to know as John the Baptist. And we're told that this unborn baby leaped for joy when Mary greeted Elizabeth. I want you to hear this. All lives are valuable to God. 
All lives are valuable to God, whether you're in your 90s, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're a child, or whether we're talking about a baby that's still in its mother's womb. All lives are valuable to God. And let me take that a step further to say this. All babies in the womb are known by God, seen by God, and loved by God. All babies in the womb are known by God, seen by God, and loved by God. Before Elizabeth even became pregnant with John, we're told that God already had a name picked out for John. Not only that, but God already had a plan for John's life. He was going to prepare the way for the Messiah. John was known by God. But then we also see, we see this recorded that John leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Now, this could have just been passed off as, as a baby kicking his mother, but it wasn't passed off as that. Elizabeth understood that there was something more going on inside of her, that, that her baby, that John was leaping for joy inside of her. And so Luke records this in Scripture for us because John was known by God, he was seen by God, and he was loved by God. All babies in the womb are known by God, seen by God, and loved by God. And if an unborn baby is the first person that we are told had some kind of response, had some kind of reaction to this good news that was being shared, then we also ought to have this same heart to value, value those babies that are in the womb. We need to value them just as much as God values them, that we would know them, that we would see them, that we would love them. So may that be our same heart. It's not an adult that, was, that we're told had the first response. It was an unborn baby. So the first response we see is that John leaped. Second, we see Elizabeth blessed. Elizabeth blessed. Let's look at verses 42 and 45 again. Elizabeth said, blessed are you among women and your child will be blessed. Then in verse 45, she said, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. Now, as we think about this blessing that Elizabeth proclaimed over, over Mary, I want to remind you of a truth that I shared with you last week. Mary is not the central figure of, of the story of Christ's birth. Jesus is. We are not the stars of the story. God is the star of the story. And so, as we read Elizabeth's words here, the temptation could be to fixate on, on the blessing of Mary. But, but let me remind you Elizabeth, why, of why Elizabeth called Mary blessed. Elizabeth called Mary blessed because she had believed the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Elizabeth called Mary blessed because she was now walking in the promise that the Lord had given her, that, that was spoken to her through the angel Gabriel. In the same way, you and I can walk in this same blessing today if, if we will trust in the promises that God has spoken to us. You see, Jesus came into this world as a fulfillment of, of a promise. God gave the Israelites the law not as a means of salvation, but as a reminder of just how far mankind falls from perfection, just how far we fall from, from God's standard. 
The law was a daily reminder of our need to be saved. And so not only did, did God give the law, but he also gave a promise that one day there was going to be a Messiah that would come into this world that would fulfill the law and that would give us victory over sin. And so Jesus did come into the world. He did go to the cross and he did fulfill the law and he overcame both sin, death, and the grave. And so in doing so, Jesus was a fulfillment of a promise from God to mankind. And just as Mary had a choice to trust God's promise that, that he was going to bring forth the Messiah through her womb, we also have the choice to trust in his promise of salvation through that same Messiah, through Jesus Christ. Mary wasn't blessed because of who she was in and of herself. She was blessed because the Lord had spoken a promise to her, and she trusted that, that the Lord would fulfill the promise that he had spoken. And so to you today, I would say, if you have given your life to Christ, then be reminded of just how blessed you are because of the promise that you have received in Jesus Christ. Be reminded of just how blessed you are, and then walk in that blessing. Live in that blessing. Don't continue to live in the bondage of your sin and shame any longer. But live in the blessing, in the freedom that you have received in Jesus Christ. Now, if you've never given your life to Christ, then, then what I would say to you today is, is trust in the promise. Believe the promise that has been given in Jesus Christ that you might be forgiven, that you might receive salvation through Jesus Christ, through this promise that has been fulfilled by our Messiah. You can continue walking in, in the bondage of your sin and shame, but there's freedom. There's freedom in the promise, and that promise is found in Jesus Christ. Elizabeth blessed Mary, and Mary had believed that, that the Lord would fulfill his promise that he had spoken to her. So we see John leaped, and we see Elizabeth blessed. Finally this morning, we see Mary saying, you know, sometimes when we're faced with the work that God's doing in our lives, sometimes the only response is to just break out in song. So I shared this earlier this week on Facebook for Sarah's birthday, but I'll, I'll share it again this morning. When, when I began talking to Sarah about the potential that God would be calling us to move to Stockdale, Sarah broke out into song. She began singing a song from 1993 by Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's called The Great Adventure. Now, you can look that up. I'm not going to sing that for you. Look it up on YouTube <laughs> later on. Right? But she began singing the, the Great Adventure. So as we look at verses 46 through 55, we see Mary break out into song when, when she receives this good news. Her response to the good news is she began to sing it. And in your Bibles, in the section header, you might see it labeled as Mary's praise. You might see it labeled as Mary's song. Or in the King James Version, it says the Magnificat, which that, that word Magnificat, it's a Latin word, which means magnify. It means magnify, exalt, or, or praise. And so Mary's response to this good news 
that, that she had received that the Messiah was going to be coming, her response was to sing this song of worship. So there's a couple of things that I just want to point out from, from this song today. First, Mary's song magnified the Lord. Mary's song magnified the Lord. What does verse 46 say again? It says, My soul praises the greatness of the Lord. Mary didn't sing about her own goodness. She didn't sing about her own holiness. Mary's focus, Mary's desire was to sing about the greatness of the Lord. So let me pause and, and give this reminder. As we're in this Advent season, as we're leading up to Christmas, let me just give this reminder. Christmas is not about you, and it's not about me. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is not about all of the hubbub during the, the Christmas season, right? All of the shopping and, and the toys and all of the Christmas lists. It's not about all of that. It's about the gift that we received more than 2,000 years ago when our Messiah came into this world and, and then when he grew up to go to the cross for our sins. Mary's response to the good news was not to focus on herself. Mary's response was to focus on the Lord. And so that, that should be our desire this Christmas season. That should be our attitude this Christmas season, that, that in all that we say and in all that we do, that we would magnify the Lord. So Mary's song magnified the Lord Second, and this will be how we end today, Mary's song rejoiced in the Savior. What does verse 47 say again? It says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Now, why did Mary rejoice in her Savior? Because she knew that she needed a Savior. Here we're seeing that the woman that was chosen to carry God the Son, to give birth to God the Son... But she recognized that, that Jesus was not simply coming into the world to save others. He was also coming into the world to save her. You see, Mary didn't just know Jesus as her son. Mary knew Jesus as her Savior. And so the question that I have for you today is, do you know Jesus as your Savior? You may know him as the central figure of the Christmas story. You may know him as the son of Mary. But do you know him as the son of God? Do you know him as your savior, the one that came into this world to die for your sins and for mine? And today, if you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never trusted him as your savior and your Lord, then I would invite you to respond this morning. And so in just a moment, we're gonna sing another song. And as we sing this song, this is gonna be your opportunity to respond. And if you're here today and you would say you've never given your life to Christ, that's you. Then, then let me just remind you, Jesus didn't just come into this world to save me. He didn't just come into this world to save Mary. Jesus came into this world to save you as well. And today, if you're ready to give your life to Christ, to trust him as your Lord, to allow him to be your Savior, then I would invite you to respond. I'm going to be standing right down front as we sing. Step out of your seat. Come and talk with me. Let, let's pray together today. And today, you can know Jesus as your Lord. You can know Jesus as your Savior. Now, maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ, but, but maybe your focus has been in the wrong place right now. 
Maybe you just admit it as, as we've moved on from Thanksgiving, as we've moved on to Christmas, you've just become consumed with everything else that the world is doing right now in this Christmas season, and you've, you've misplaced your focus. Let me just encourage you to refocus your heart right now where it needs to be, and that's on Jesus. And you can do that right where you're at, but if you'd like someone to pray with you, then I would invite you to respond as well. Now, maybe you're here today and you would say, You've given your life to Christ, but you've not taken that next step that Tori Sue took this morning to make your faith public through baptism. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's make your faith public today. Let's take that next step. And so you can make that commitment to be baptized. And maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ and and you have followed with baptism And you've been visiting First Baptist Stockdale, and you know that God's calling you to make this your church home, to come and connect your life with this church body as we are on mission together, to love, to grow, to serve, to go. If you want to connect your life with this church body of believers, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's talk, let's pray. Today you can become a member here at First Baptist Stockdale. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, as we sing this song, I would encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's pray together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org slash respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.